This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. There was the one time I was eight years old and my dad looked at me and said, boy, if you drop the end of that TV, I'm going to kill you. Um, where we were, we Standard were, parenting <laughs> back in the 80s. <laughs> For clarification, I was referencing Childish, Shane's childhood. Not mine. <laughs> yeah. my, my parents never bought weed instead of Christmas presents. When okay. people complain about kids today, it's kids today don't understand this because our parents treated us like fucking slave labor and beat us like slave labor. Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. In a few minutes, the phone is going to ring and you need to answer it. My coworker will call Jane looked dead serious as she told me this. And this was out of character because typically Jane's coming into the office. We're laughing. She's having a good time. But this time she was absolutely serious, like stoic. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? What are you talking about? And she just stared back at me and said, just answer the phone and talk to them. Listen to what they have to say. And then she walked away. And I felt like I was in a spy novel or an episode of Law and Order. And this was just a Wednesday at my corporate job. Like seriously, I'd been heating up lean cuisine in the microwave like an hour before this. I've been working at this job for about five years at this point during the 2008 recession. And my boss could be a tyrant to say the least. Like he was an absolute asshole at times. The second day I ever worked there, like I still am filling out HR forms and shit, but I'm sitting at my desk. Everybody else has left for lunch, but I decided to stay back and work on my HR shit. And I hear this guy losing his mind on somebody. Apparently somebody had cost him a deal and he called the girl that had cost him the deal. He called her boss. He called the president of the company and he is screaming and losing his mind. I think the girl got fired from her job because of this shit. And I'm sitting at my desk going, I've made a huge mistake. Holy shit. But besides him being a maniac and screaming and losing his mind at people, including the people that I worked with and myself, he was still a great boss at times. Like he taught me a ton of shit. We would go out for happy hours and I just really kind of liked working for him. And like I said, I was there during the recession and I didn't lose my job. But recently things had kind of turned south at the company. When they would have those big management meetings and stuff like that, all the managers would come out where they used to be smiling and stuff. Now they looked very stoic, very sad, like something really serious was going on. And before you knew it, words like sell-off and layoffs and staff reduction and position elimination started getting thrown around. And everybody starts whispering around the water cooler before you know it. It's common, common knowledge the ship is going down. Now, my boss, the tyrant, confirms these rumors in a meeting to me and my entire team telling, telling us that management wants him to reduce the team by two people, but he has refused. Now, I know he said he's refused, but I start thinking, like, am I going to have a job the next day like Bobcat and Scrooge, like Elliot Loudermilk was leaving early today? And that shit is setting in. Like, I know he said he's going to work it out and he's going to find some way around this. He's going to, you know, we're going to push the envelope. We're going to sell as much as we can. We're going to make sure that we, we don't end up losing anybody. But every day I go into work, I've got this thought in the back of my head that this could be it, man. We could somebody could get let go. What if it's me? And this goes on for a couple of weeks until one day my boss doesn't show up for work. Now, this isn't abnormal. The tyrant typically took days off here and there, but this time he wasn't available by phone. Typically, he'd be at home shouting shit from his recliner while drinking wine and smoking a cigarette. But this time we couldn't get him on the phone whatsoever. He's not available at all. 
Plus, there started to be this palpable tension on my side of the company. Like the place I worked, we rented the entire floor, but my team was separated. And on just my side, when I would walk in, some of the managers and shit like that started having this really serious tone to them and didn't really want to talk too much. They just seemed like they were kind of standoffish. And it felt like something really bad was going on. And Tuesday comes, and that whole Monday has been crazy as shit, and Tuesday comes, and my boss doesn't come in again, and it's still just as much tension, if not more, and to say that I'm on edge would be a vast understatement. And then Wednesday, Jane comes in with a mission, should I choose to accept it, about a mysterious phone call. So that afternoon, about 20 minutes after Jane's left my office, that I'd spent begging her for more details about what was going on, which she did not give me any. She was like, I can't tell you what's going on, just answer the phone and talk to him. So I go back to my desk, I've, you know, five, 10 minutes after I've been talking to Jane and I sit down and I'm racking my brain for any detail as to what's going on. What the hell could possibly be going on? I'm, you know, am I getting a new job? Am I getting fired? Is my boss leaving? What's happening? And then finally the phone rings and the lady on the other end says, hi, Shane, I'm Rosalind. I'm the HR manager for Intername of other company. And I'd like to talk to you about an opportunity. Would you like to talk, to, talk about that with me? And she explains that she's offering my entire team an opportunity to work at this other company and wants to discuss it further. And I go back and forth and ask her a few questions. And before I know it, I've been invited to dinner to talk about a job opportunity. And so have all of my coworkers. No one, including Jane, could give me any details because all the management was, management was sworn to secrecy on my team. There was no James Bond shit going on. But at the end of the day, the tyrant wasn't going to have to lay anybody off. He was able to keep the band together. I wasn't going to be Elliot Loudermilk, and I wasn't going to be leaving early that day. I worked for that asshole for another three years after that, after that, because despite being a tyrant, he could be a pretty good boss at times. Hey guys, welcome back to another week and Now That I'm Older, a show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online at anowthatimolder.com. We're also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash nowthatimolder. And if you give to us like our badass Patreons, we're going to give right back to you. Remember, we've got brand new exclusive content over on Patreon, so go subscribe so you can get a chance to check that out. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but that's at NTIOPod. And you can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Pondern Family. Now, Pondern Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcasts, and basically create a family out of absolutely nothing. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag Pondern Family, you're going to find our show as well as the Quiet Town Podcast, the Of Myth and Mercy Podcast, and the Taking Out the Trash Podcast. And this week on episode 152, we're going to talk about how Kenny got really in trouble at his Christmas get-together with his family one year, way back in the past. And later on, we're going to talk about Kenny's opinion that jail is a lot worse than prison. And later on, I'm going to talk about how I feel as though we can improve the jail experience for the inmates as well as their families. But Kenny says that's just my version of the fair. So check it out. We'll be right back. Okay, Lunchbox, let's try this again. We tidy the roof and you jump off and sell like a spitfire, passing right over the arch nemesis, the fours. You then swing up to the stage and knock out the pin. And when that's gone, the stage is trashed and we go smoke a bowl. You got it? Now get your fat ass up there. And dude, don't forget your helmet, Snoogans. All right, Kenny, so from the beginning of time till now. <laughs> I was there when Jesus was born. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm 39. 
during your time at Christmas, during like from the time you're a kid to now, like as you know, over the entire Christmas world that you've been a part of, has anything ever gone wrong? Like something horrible? No, bad? nothing ever in 39 years. It's been perfect. Of course, something's gone wrong. Like, have you ever had the moment like uh, during nothing Christmas has vacation? ever really gone like wrong for me personally? But I got my mom in trouble one year. How did you get your mom in trouble one year? So I was like 20 something. And we were, uh, my parents were having a Christmas party on Christmas Eve. And they had like 20, 30 people there. And I came, you know, Christmas party, yay. And uh, I had a bag of weed. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I, my mom had, had been bugging me because she wanted to smoke some weed. And my parents <laughs> don't smoke weed or anything like that. Apparently, they did. I found pictures of them when they were teenagers. They used to grow up in their apartment, but they got mad at me for telling people about that. <laughs> Took away all the albums, so I couldn't find any more evidence on them. <laughs> I found like weed pipes once, didn't know what the fuck they were. I was like, oh, that's a nice little pipe. Give me that. <laughs> it's like one of the little metal pipes. So uh, I told him, I was like, that's weed. You want to sneak out to the garage and I'll roll a joint and we can smoke a joint in your car? So we went outside and we smoked a joint. Well, uh, we came back in and my dad was like, hey, where have y'all been? And then like he like lost character for a minute. It was like, are you high? <laughs> he smelled it. <laughs> and then like, my mom's all like, Oh shit. Look, and he's all like, Oh shit. It's the cops. He's like, he's infuriated for a minute and then tries to cover it up and act like to smooth over. Cause this is in front of everybody at the party. And he goes, and you guys didn't even share that me being the, the asshole 21 year old. Cause at this point I'm still like on still mad at my parents for being parents. You right, know, because they you hated them for you know making you be the, responsible. the way somebody would be if they got evicted right after Christmas. <laughs> so, so I, I take out the bag, I, <laughs> and it was like all extra dramatic. It was like a sandwich baggie, so I'm holding it by the top, and it literally like rolled down. And I was like, I got plenty for everybody. <laughs> My dad got so mad. He's like, Go to your room. I was like, I don't live here. <laughs> So you were go to the guest room. <laughs> I got sent to the guest room. It was the first. So you were in your twenties. Got your mom early twenties, like still figuring out adulthood. Like have lived in multiple places. Like I'm after pretty sure this was before you cracked and we're still uh, all anti-militant smoking. I, that, this, I still that was think forever. I still think this was the time period where me and Steven had to sneak out to the dumpsters. Or into my car to smoke, and you got mad at us every time because we we were convinced you wouldn't know. <laughs> and then you get mad, and we just wouldn't care. <laughs> so you go over to your parents' like holiday get together, where all their friends, all the people that yeah. are in their inner circle, like and I got my mom's uncles and all that shit, and you get your mom's stuff. This is like nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. So pot's still like not. As accepted as it is now. Yeah, it was back before it was like completely like, like they would states, definitely they would definitely arrest you even if you only had a joint. Like before states started like legalizing yeah. it and shit. It was back when it was still kind of stigmatized. Correct. Um one of the worst things I ever did was uh being drunk. It wasn't actually it was Christmas time. Um I was drunk over at my uh, grandmother's house and <laughs> my uh my uncle Steve was walking through the living room and we're watching The Wizard of Oz and he goes you guys watching the wizard of Oz? I was like, yeah, man, but this is the, and this, I didn't miss a beat when he said it. Like he goes, you guys watching the wizard of Oz. And immediately I come in with, yeah, but this is the unedited version. The one where Dorothy gets topless halfway through the, uh, the, the munchkin scenes. You dumbass. And he, he was just walking like everything was normal and stopped on a dime right there in the living room. He goes, what are you talking about? And sat down to start watching the wizard of Oz with us. 
Um, outside of that, the only thing that's ever gone really wrong around Christmas, I never told my mom when it happened because it, <laughs> <laughs> it was obviously going to be good if you had to keep a secret. Well, I've told you about it before. It was when we fucking, uh, realized that Christmas, what, like when Santa, the whole Santa secret had been given up and we found all the Christmas presents that were three days later going to be wrapped up and called from Santa, like in the closet. And I was like, Stephen, story let down. You have to keep this shit all to yourself. <laughs> well, the big part was, I thought it was being like, new. no, it was like being 12 years old and fucking having to get your six year old to keep it secret. I, I, I broke into the Christmas supply, like hidden stash every year. I, it was a, like a game. As I, soon as we knew, they would escalate the hiding process. I would escalate the breaking and entering. It's where I learned how to pick locks. As soon as we knew that like Santa was like a, a figment that had been created, suddenly it was like, okay, now we need to find out where the Christmas fucking presents are every <laughs> year. I need to go ahead and know if they screwed us or not on what we're getting so we can know to be disappointed or excited <laughs> when we get to Christmas. Because there was... Let's see how much weed Dad got for himself for our Christmas this year. Dude, there were plenty of times Dad would do stuff like that where Mom would show up and uh, I, as a little kid, Mom would be like... All right, Shane, I need you to help me out with uh, for the, some of this. For clarification, I was referencing child's, Shane's childhood, not mine. <laughs> yeah. my, my parents never bought weed instead of Christmas presents. My dad bought a fish tank one time with every bit of like every bit of money he made. He got paid every week, and he made like, I don't know how much money, like $500 one week and put every dollar into buying like a 45-gallon fish tank. And fish to fill it with. Why is this not surprising? And came home and wasn't like, he wasn't upset. He didn't think mom would be mad at all. <laughs> he came in. It was mine and my little brother's birthday. It wasn't Christmas time. But that Christmas was a little bit leaner because dad had decided to buy the fish tank. But he comes in just like, you know, them boys been wanting that fish tank for a long time. Don't you, Darlene? And mom was like, how the fuck are we going to pay the water bill this week? How the fuck are we going to pay for the fucking lights, Dennis? What's wrong with you? Um, speaking of Dennis, there's something that I haven't told you yet, uh, at least on the podcast. I did call uh, Kenny the other day and let him know. But my dad has been granted an actual. Uh, it's going to be like a 2020 every year when I grill him about those cats. <laughs> my dad is actually going to be getting out of jail. We don't know exactly when. He's still got to go to like, I don't know. There's a huge process. You so you shot through. cats, Dennis. <laughs> Just because they were on your fucking car. Probably wasn't even a nice car because you were poor. Um, let's detail some of the things that you're going to want to ask my dad about. Um, stabbing the dog. Stabbing the dog. Uh, then running over the dog with the car yes. because he wasn't sure that it I was I don't dead. care about him beating you and Steven. That's fine. Uh, the animals <laughs> the animals didn't deserve that shit. I was about to say, um, there was the one time I was eight years old and my dad looked at me and said, boy, if you drop the end of that TV, I'm going to kill you. Um, where we were, That's we standard were, parenting back in the 80s. <laughs> we were carrying a console television that weighed like maybe 200 pounds and I was eight. When okay. people complain about kids today, it's kids today don't understand this because our parents treated us like fucking slave labor and beat us like slave labor. If we where you might have gotten beaten for fucking not carrying the end of a TV correctly. If you hurt yourself doing labor, you got in trouble for it. <laughs> if you I told a, you not to pick that up that way. If you got in a fight and didn't win. You got in trouble for it. Not yeah. for getting a fight, not for being mean to the other kid, not for not sharing, not for any of that fucking new age shit. None of that. For it, not it wasn't winning. losing that got you in trouble. It's if you wouldn't fight, if you were too scared to fight, you could lose. You could lose a fight. That's no, fair. No, it, my dad would, my dad would whoop our ass if we got beat up. My dad was not afraid. He, the, my That's because your dad us, has little man syndrome. My dad would give us one, basically. He's like, <laughs> when I found out how tall your dad was when you told me how tall he was. It, five, all, it all clicked. I was like, oh, okay. I think actually he's like five, seven, honestly. I don't think he's five, eight. Like, five, think about it, Shane. You're a couple inches taller than me. Yeah. Right? 
Five eight is literally four inches shorter than me. <laughs> oh, I've had moments. There was a time when my mom, like when I was at the very edge, like we were talking about uh, Christopher moving out and shit like that. We when both love your mom, edge. but your mom couldn't lock us in the closet. <laughs> no, she and she would be the first one to go. I wouldn't even try that shit. That just get somebody's back hurt. <laughs> when I was uh, 17 years old, my mom was yelling at me about something. And she, I had pissed her off somehow, and she yells at me. She says, "Shane, get down here." So I walked down down the steps. We lived in an apartment where we had two fo- floors. I get like four steps up from her on the steps. I'm like, "What? What's going on?" She goes, "No, get down here where I don't have to look up at you." Now, mind <laughs> you, I'm 17 years old. I get down on the level with my mom. She's five eight. And she's looking up at me by like inches and inches. Which is not short for a woman. No, not at all. But she looks up at me and just starts laughing. But that's how much different like it was. Oh, it wasn't because you were on step. No. It was at least she laughed and fucking... just punched you in the face. <laughs> no, my mom was never afraid to get physical with any of her sons. My mom has slapped, like open hand slapped my little brother right in his head a couple times. Um, she pushed me over a speed breaker one time. <laughs> 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 God damn you, Kenny. <laughs> I can see it, man. That's why it's I so funny. I landed in a parking spot that had like oil in it and shit, too. Like, she, was... <laughs> she pushed you over the curb. <laughs> She's playing that shit, too. I can tell just from knowing. I know she was like, oh, good. He's up against, his heels are up against that fucking parking brake. I'm going to fuck break. him up. <laughs> He's about to learn a lesson today <laughs> with his big tall ass. <laughs> Your mom gets mad at you when you get taller than her. All moms do. And they're just waiting for that first time for you to mouth off once you think you're big. And then they come taking you down by the ear or by parking speed brake. <laughs> Did you ever get the roaming hand in the back seat? From the front seat? My dad had a thing where he used to reach between the seats and grab you by your knee. Like right above your knee where the pressure point is and squeeze. And squeeze and it would... Or my mom had this thing (laughs) where she would reach around the seat and you'd see this weird arm this like disembodied arm come back around the seat yeah, and just start smacking your mom people. can smack you at weird angles that shouldn't make sense and your dad just knows how to grab you by a place that hurts you haven't lived until it's been the middle of summer no air conditioning in the car and your mom reaches around with that disembodied arm and catches you like somehow flat on your thigh and like Ooh. your whole thigh turns red like with a handprint on it Ooh. and now you're sweating crying oh, man, and I, you got a fucking welt on your leg and everybody else in the back seats all sitting quietly and like being basically like prisoners on their best behavior because they know they might get the disembodied arm. I wasn't worried not. about my parents. It was my grandmother who I had to fear because she was old school Southern, <laughs> like farm people Southern. And she'd beat you like you were a fucking African American in the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Your grandmother had no fucks at all. That's probably gave. why I'm so like in with the African American <clears throat> community and sympathize with them. Cause I understand what it's like to be beaten with this goddamn peach tree limb and have fucking whelps on your leg for three days. I mean, I'm not talking one whelp. There's a row of the motherfuckers going down your thighs. Oh, I still remember fucking like anytime my mom would move into a house, she would survey the property. Could you imagine? I'm going to stop you there for a second. This hit me. Could you imagine the travesty it would be in his mind if you were ever to have taken a switch to Christopher? I was about to. That's what I was talking about. When he was, you'd probably kid, go to jail because he he totally rat on. <laughs> well, when I w- just like you ratted on your dad, and then your mom whooped your ass. 
So when I was a kid, we ever tell that story? <laughs> I don't think we have t- touched on that entire story. Um, Shane pulled the "I'll call defects." Yeah, <laughs> I told my mom I was gonna call. I told my dad I was gonna call child services because he said, "Boy, I'm about to whoop your ass." And when he said that, I said, "I'll call uh, child services," or "I'll call child something or other." I think my parents made us watch enough A and E movies that we were scared of child services more than we were them. My mom ran in the room, jumped on top of me. <laughs> <laughs> and proceeded to beat my ass like I had stolen something. And this was Europe in like this 1500s or some shit, dude. Like she beat me like a government mule. She beat the penance out of you. <laughs> she beat me biblically. Let's just put it that way. You will okay? repent more. <laughs> dude, my mom whooped my. And then when she got done, she basically did the, uh, the, the clap back thing where she goes, now call child services. I'll give it. No, I told her I call child abuse on you is what I said. And she goes, now tell them it was child abuse. <laughs> I'm <Fuck>. good. I'm <laughs> good. <laughs> Sitting there crying like I just got beat. <laughs> Our kids today don't know, man. We were the last generation to carry real beatings. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Cause I, I did beat the brakes off Christopher as a child. A no, couple dude, times. not like dude, you never left whelps. When I say whelps, those switches leave like raised stripes on your ass. I don't think I did leave. I don't think I ever used a switch on him. Dude, you used a belt. I was there. You know, <laughs> I used a belt a few times. You used a belt, used- but it was never even like our parents would like. There was no bending you over and making sure the belt hit right on the ass. It was like whipping. First of all, we were trying to get away. <laughs> and our parents would run us down with a belt. I'd You'd never, be lucky if they weren't using the buckles. <laughs> I was about to say, Christopher never got hit with a buckle. Okay, <laughs> I do remember more than once getting hit with a buckle, and my dad being like, "That'll just toughen you up." And then more. when you get hit in the hand, they tell you, "I told you not to put your hand back." <laughs> oh, dude, I carried more than one whelp across the fucking fingers. Where you get hit across the fingers like two or three times, and Dad would always be like, "Put your goddamn hands As down." Somebody boy. who had to live in the house while the. the the discipline levels were severely restricted. I take great joy when you tell me stories of, of Nikki being tormented by Christopher now. <laughs> I just want you to know that I'm not saying I told you so, but I told her so. <laughs> you keep telling him that he's more important than everybody in the world. He's going to think he's more important than everybody in the world. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to help. That's why you. That's why he likes me. I tried to level with him when he was a kid. He hates Paul, I'm sure, but... <laughs> Everybody hates Paul in retrospect. I mean, it, oh God, it was just a fucking shitty roommate. But getting back to the whole kids thing. I wonder if anybody's whipping Paul's ass with a stick in prison. I think somebody's doing something to his ass, but I'm not uh, sure He's pretty happening. smelly. I don't know if he's getting fucked. They might be shanking him. Oh, dude, I just don't like to think about what Paul, I don't, honestly, I don't even know. I really... bet he gets a pencil in the neck at some point. Maybe not like, like in a way where it's life threatening, but more like the embarrassing way. Like whenever I watch a prison show, it seems like they purposely stab people in ways that won't kill them. So it's more embarrassing. Like there's sometimes where they just stab him in the back of the shoulders. That's going to hurt, but it's not going to kill you. And you have to know that somebody stabbed you with a pencil. And there's not shit you could do about it. <laughs> um, I I don't think there's ever been like just an embarrassing way to get stabbed. I think that's I just stabbed, explained it to you. Getting stabbed overall is pretty life threatening. That's because you're soft. Your dad would understand. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, because your prison experience and my dad's prison experience. Mine was way shorter, up. but I learned a lot of shit during that time period. No, I'm dude, just saying. You went to county jail and spent. In a, a lot month. of ways, county jail's worse, and everybody will tell you that. You spent a <laughs> they month. They have programs and shit in prison. They just lock you in a in a room with a bunch of other people who don't know what their fate is. <laughs> I was there with a guy who'd stolen cars from Mississippi to Georgia because he had gotten like beat up his ex wife, and they were just holding him until they were going to send him back. I should have been there with that guy. <laughs> this guy assaulted somebody and stole like 10 cars. He was unhinged. <coughs> he had ripped off part of a fire extinguisher, the base plate, and was carving it into a knife because he wanted to kill the Mexicans. He was a black dude. In prison? And there's like jail? me and four other white guys, and we're like, yeah, we really ought to say something. <laughs> but I but ain't again, <laughs> you don't want to be Dr. Snitch then. <laughs> right. We don't, I've heard about snitches in here. <laughs> you know, you think you're tough until, until you find out exactly how white you are when you're one of four guys and you're like, oh, man. We were watching the first 48 the other day. and Oh, thank God there's a wigger here. They're going to eat him first because they're going to be so pissed off that he's trying to be black. Good. We'll just lay low. The rest of us will be fine. When you watch the first 48, you find out exactly how rough and tumble you really are because as soon as they get me in a room and they say it's we know you all that stuff fake (laughs) i'm telling you it's the crushing boredom that's really the worst there was one filipino guy in there (laughs) i remember distinctly sitting there one day and saying to him do they do the mexicans even know that you're not mexican it's like no (laughs) they think i'm totally mexican i was like you're Filipino though, right? I mean, I've heard that name before. It's a Filipino name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally Filipino. It's like, I'm not going to set them straight. They think I'm one of them and there's a whole bunch of them. So you know how many other Filipinos there are in here in the city of Smyrna jail. So let's go back just a couple steps. You had a guy who had pulled a piece off of a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Like, all right. So there's a fire a extinguisher, right? Yeah. You see him just same kind of like in school, same kind of government bullshit. So there's a plate behind it, right? Right. Probably between the wall, center, the jail center block. So the center block, there's a plate, then the fire extinguisher. Well, he had managed to get the plate off without the fire extinguisher, the in-between plate. So nobody noticed it was gone. Well, then he broke it in half, and he was just like on the wall, <laughs> sharpening it every day for like three days because one of the Mexicans mouthed off to him. And all you guys were just like, let's just not say anything. Maybe he'll kill that Mexican and move on. If you'd been there, Shane, we would have been, go ahead. Well, again, I wouldn't have done it, <laughs> but I would have convinced, I would have convinced someone else yeah. who has a lesser will. Yeah, sure you would have. <laughs> no, I would have. No, they, they eventually caught him and they put him in solitary for like like three weeks. What is solitary like in a county jail? Is that just like going to a room that like it's only you're in? One room with one jail bed. It was right next to medical, so we saw it every day at pill call. At pill call? Yeah. So you guys all get pills? Is it to control you? or? I went in there and got Benadryl every night so I could sleep. Because after the first couple of days, it gets hard to sleep because that's all you have to fucking do. So I would go get an allergy pill so I could sleep because, you know, Benadryl makes you sleepy. But, I mean, they had stuff like Tylenol and, you know. You guys ever crush it up and, like, have a party or anything like that or? You don't you jackass. No, there were no, there were no good pills. There were no good pills. Maybe if you mix Tylenol and Benadryl, I mean, I don't know. The first couple of days he kept putting feces on the window. That was interesting. In the county jail, you had a guy putting feces on the window. This is, this is. Yes, dude. 
Fire. This is every fire episode. Every guy. episode of another four or beyond. First Scared 48. straight. Not first forty-eight. Scared straight and all that shit. Those are all jails. None of those are prison. So these places are not. Oh, this is just jail. That's not ex- at all how every nigga in prison was in jail first for six months or so. Half the guys I was in there with were on the way to prison. That's where they were going. I wonder if that fire extinguisher knife guy was probably on his way to prison. Yes, in Mississippi, they were holding him until the fucking extradition went through. He was being extradited. <laughs> One guy came in. He had blue hair and he was obviously gay and like a twink, like girly gay. In case people don't know what twink means. He was the opposite of a bear. So this okay. guy came in and they didn't even bother to put him in with us. <laughs> they put him in this other section where it was like there was the girls jail, male jail, and then there was this third one they never used until he showed up. <laughs> they were like, we cannot put him in general pop. They will kill him. How many of you guys were there in the jail at this point? Uh, well, see, Smyrna rented their jail out for other facilities. Right, but I'm saying, like, so, how, what's the head count there total? Like, 20 people or some shit? Hold on, I'll tell you, because I remember distinctly the bed. There was full. I'll tell you that. There was, each dormitory had, one, two, three, four, 12 beds. So, in the two main dorms in the male, men's jail, there were at least 24 of us. And then there were the trustees who were two to a room and there were six rooms. So there's another 12. So 36 people, males. And then the females never had that many. There were usually like six or seven chicks over there. That's a lot of fucking people in that little ass jail. It was about the size of, of, of uh, my apartment down here. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. And I was, that many people. I was quick at, kick at to kiss ass enough to be able to get on trustee status so I could walk around outside the dorm because that dorm smelled so bad. And Kenny was so soft at this point, dude. Fucking going I didn't back. show being soft. I acted hard as a mother. Hey, I was banging on breakfast. I was fucking, <laughs> fuck you, bacon. Don't change my television program. Cops is about to come on. Dude, like I learned more Spanish from the fact because we all had to divvy up the TV. And obviously all the Latino inmates wanted to watch the Spanish channel. So I learned more Spanish during that 32 days. Let's, let's be honest though. A lot of times the Spanish channel has very, very, At least very hot attractive chicks. chicks. Yeah. Like, but once I got to be a trustee, it was a whole different game. I tend to stay up late at night watching another 48. <laughs> well, my wife actually read a story today talking about how it's an epidemic in Cobb jails that, uh, people are getting out and like going to have a drink and like having coffee brought to him and cigarettes brought to him. And I was like, well, yeah, I remember doing that for Kenny at one point where I <laughs> brought him cigarettes. Well, and Cobb, they no longer have like even visiting. You talk to somebody through a, through a remote screen. The visitor station is not even part of the main jail anymore. It's in the same like property, but it's not the same building. So you don't get to actually physically see people anymore when nope. you visit. You have it's, to see them on it's closed like, circuit. It's like Facebook. <laughs> it's like a Facebook phone call. Oh, FaceTime. Is what FaceTime. Yeah. It's like FaceTime. So yeah, they don't even let you like in the same vicinity as them. I still remember being a little kid and going to visit my dad when he first went to jail and that being the most I mean, honestly, experience. it amazes me that the Cobb County jail hasn't been investigated because the conditions in there are not, I wasn't there for like a day and I was so happy to get to Severna jail. Cobb County jail is like seriously like return, like a uh, escape from New York. It's like, um, you should, I, I've heard it from other people that it's kind of like Oz. And it's like, they do that on purpose. So they don't have to spend a lot of money and it's meant to be a dehumanizing place. It's uh, it's the good old boy network, keeping it the old way. I'm not going to go in. I'm not going to, I mean, considering our sheriff did like totally stifle the rights of a college cheerleading squad 
he went behind back channels to get them pushed off the football screen or off the football field because they were kneeling during the first anthem. Who? What are you talking about? You don't know about all this? Your congressman and sheriff like conspired to force uh, KSU cheerleaders not to be on the field? Oh, no, I haven't. I didn't pay attention to that shit because I've gotten to a point now where like I, I, I try to, you know, local news news. where your vote means the most and has absolutely the most power. That's the part you should tune in. No, I still fucking tune into the elections and shit like that, but I try to tune for if you don't keep tuned in on who's doing what. I don't have to tune out on the national level. That's fine. Don't tune on the local level. That's how these fucking dickheads that have been running Cobb County since the forties are still in charge. But anyway, getting back to it, we're not talking about the whole, Mm. that whole thing. You're a bad citizen. No, I'm not a bad citizen. I just choose to not be fucking unhappy every day. Bad citizen. The amount of bullshit that goes on in my world. Our power company, which is a cooperative, which means our tax dollars funded it, was being ran by people who were using the money from the power company to open their own private business. That's fine. No, it wasn't fine. <laughs> Thankfully, some goddamn citizen got nuts up and sued him, and then it turned into a criminal investigation, and those guys are in prison. That's illegal. <laughs> no, I understand it's illegal. But again, I, I the reason I don't tune into a lot of this shit on a daily basis is because there's so much bullshit in the world to get annoyed about. That's how every the bad guys win, day. sir. That's how the bad guys win. All it takes for evil to win is for good men to do nothing. I don't do nothing. Nothing. When it comes time to election time, I sit down so and you, actually look So then at you randomly of, vote since you weren't paying attention the whole year. You don't know who pissed on your garden. No, actually what I do is I go through and research each of the candidates, find out what their positions are, and then cast a Where vote. Where are you researching from? The newspapers that are controlled by their cronies because they're local? No, I typically have four or five different sources yeah. before I vote for there's, anybody. There's not going to be four or five sources written about the Cobb County Sheriff. There's going to be the Daily Journal and maybe the Atlanta newspaper if something interesting enough to sell newspapers happen. You have to pay attention, man. I'm not going to tune into the fucking local news every day and be pissed off at you my life. You don't have to tune into the local news every day, but you still need to be fucking pissed. And it's not like every day. You're going to be pissed off about stupid shit like your Christmas lights and your brother anyway. You might as well be pissed off about people's civil rights. I have plenty of shit to be pissed off about every day is what you're getting at. And yes, I do. So that's why I don't fucking In case you guys are time. wondering, uh, Shane's youngest brother skipped out on helping him put Christmas lights, and he's been bitching about it for like a month straight. Not once, but twice. Um, and then, <laughs> See, like, he's bad. I find it grossly entertaining, so I ag him on. I'm not going to lie. Steven's all like, quit hacking him on. God damn it. I know you're entertaining yourself, but I'm tired of hearing about it. I Honestly, I just I don't even pay attention anymore. I'm just like, whatever. It's fine. I, I got to a point with, uh, with with that whole situation where I was like, you know what? I could be pissed off and keep on being mad. I, I'm just going to let it go. At the end of the day, it's just Christmas lights. No, it's not just Christmas lights. It's literally Christmas <laughs> cheer. Okay. He's so, and Shane's so fucking, he's so like militant about, it has to be traditional Christmas. <laughs> what do you mean it has to be traditional Christmas? You're very attached to your traditions. That's all I'm saying. I'm very attached to things that are Christmas. Like if somebody Christmas. did a dinosaur Christmas, you'd probably be pissy about it. No, you can do a dinosaur Christmas all you want. What I'm pissed off about is when fucking Christmas lights are ready to go up. A month ago or longer, whenever you put it was, him up put too him up. early, he gets bitchy. If you leave him up too long, he gets bitchy. There doesn't need to be Christmas lights past the first and after Thanksgiving. Says who? Says the traditional order of things. <laughs> and that proves my point. The defense rests. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Look, I'm not saying you have to follow my traditions when it comes to these things, but if you don't and I drive by your house and your Christmas lights are on too early or too late in the season, 
you're going to be judged. Just saying. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we're going to discuss my radical ideas about how to change prisons for the better and how Kenny thinks it absolutely will not work. So check it out. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Greetings from Tromerville. I'm Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma Entertainment and creator of The Toxic Avenger. You know, folks, when the Troma team and I are not making those great movies like Tromeo and Juliet and Terra Firma and Return to Return to Newcomb High, a.k.a. Volume 2, the Troma team and I like to kick back and inhale the most educational and entertaining podcast in the world, Poop Culture. Hello, I'm Toxie. Toxie, I love poop culture. Poop culture is the best. I like poop culture. In fact, I even look like some poop right now. You look closely, uh, kind of a poop. But I'm 70 years old and I want to blow my fucking brains out. So, you know, honestly, I don't even know why I care. If you're good at something, never do it for free. What's up, guys? Have you ever wished that you could have extra now that I'm older? Well, now you can because this month we've kicked off our Patreon-exclusive content over at patreon.com slash now that I'm older with stuff like this. There's a couple of libertarians that are just fucking nuts, but the rest of us are pretty sensible and we like having police and fire trucks and stuff. <laughs> I just, I know we're not supposed to get political on now that I'm older, but what the fuck is going on? Now that I'm older, disavows any sort of assassination attempt towards any sitting party member of any... I'm not saying I encourage anybody to do it, but I might clap for you if you Any can. governmental office whatsoever. These are clips that only our Patreon subscribers get to hear, so head over to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up so you can get if some extra now that I'm older in your life, too. What I was looking for, I'd fall under your spell. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get you back to your podcasty goodness now in a minute. First, we'd like to take a second to tell you about our marginally better podcast, the 365 Flicks Podcast. I am the Scottish Whedon Whore Chris. And I am the pissy ex-video store clerk, Kev. And we bring you the latest movie and TV news, reviews and rants. All that and a bunch of top fives that you really will not care about. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Libsyn and all other third-party podcasting apps and on top of all that you'll get free access to our indie talk you'll hear us speaking with directors producers actors comic book creators and artists about their experiences don't forget to drop us five stars and follow us on the facebooks and the twitters told them not to go in the water it, excuse me you, I, I believe you have my stapler so i personally think call of duty is awesome okay I don't play online a whole lot because there's a lot of 12-year-old kids who have way too much fucking time on their hands. And I'll be honest, I'm not as good as I used to be at playing video games all the time. Plus, other people are just annoying. Well, playing online and shit like that, there's a lot of room for shit talking. There's a lot of room for abuse and bullshit. I like a story, so without a story, I'm just not really interested. Well, like I said, playing online builds like competition where you can compete against other people and shit like that. My son told me that it took him like a month to get up to like level 100 or something like that on Call of Duty when he got yeah. it the first time. And then you start over with new levels. And there were people who'd done that three and four times. I got no the, time for all that bullshit. I was about to say, I have things that have to be, I have to work. Okay. Again, I have a job. Again, I like a story. I really don't care about building up a character to show off to other people who build up their character and all that crap. That's why I never liked uh, World of Warcraft. It was never very story driven. 
It's more of a like errand boy missions to me, and I hate those kind of games. Well, the problem. Go here, get five of these, and bring them back here. That's why I do at work all day. <laughs> I don't Dude, do- why don't you just come with me so we can get them, and I can just give them to you, and then you leave. Yeah, there's no real like anything strict. There's no like planning on how you're going to break into a castle or anything cool. It's just it's doing a bunch of errands. So now that we've gotten older and stuff like that, when I was a kid, that's how all the games were. Like then, all the way up until I was in my fucking twenties, most of the games were you buy a game. Then again, you get a I don't story. like collecting things either. Like I don't collect cards or anything because it's annoying to me to have to. <laughs> you collect twenty-year-old chicks that don't have anything meaningful to talk about. That, that that's not a collection. That's an experience. <laughs> More of a harem. But anyway, dude, you don't know. Some of them are very interesting things to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, the camel model had plenty to talk about. She did. But anyway, it's an interesting lifestyle. I think video games are awesome. They're great for fucking you know relaxation and shit like that when you've had a long day. I don't think getting someone else fucking killed because you lost a two dollar bet over Call of Duty <laughs> what? is the fucking way to go. And I know you you might have read something about this or heard something about this, but there's a guy who fucking called whoa, whoa, in. What happened? Let's go ahead and start there, again. There's a guy who called in one of these false nine one one claims. And if you've never oh, heard the swatting? term, exactly. If you've never heard the term, it's called swatting. Where basically yeah. you're playing one of these online video games. People are fucking shooting each other around you and all that stuff, and you, know, you decide that you want to, like, sometimes people will start bets. Sometimes people yeah, will be on teams. That shit was probably funny at one point, but nowadays the police be out there killing motherfuckers. Well, when I was a little kid, if you had a problem with somebody else, you went to that person's house and you told them tomorrow at four o'clock. Like, you announced it. Everybody at school knew after school. In the churchyard. Exactly. You know or, or you know behind the, church the gas yard? station. Because the churchyard was just outside the school. You couldn't get suspended for fighting in the churchyard. But for every, when we were kids, we would fucking separation of things. church and state. We would settle <laughs> shit like that. Like we would fucking take care of it, and everything would be, you know, we would whoop each other's ass, and later on, you might become friends with those kids. Usually, it was just a bunch of talking shit to each other, back and forth, pushing each other a few times, and being like, "I don't have to prove I can whoop your ass." And then about one out of ten times, you actually got to throw hands. The problem with this whole swatting thing is it's taken fucking meeting somebody at the church to a whole fucking new level. I don't think they're related. I think it's just a whole different animal because kids are bitches now. And so basically, if you don't know what it is, they call usually and say there's a hostage situation. Exactly. They give them your address. There's some like, let's put it this way. You can go on and find somebody's at you can spoof an an address for a phone call. You call into 911 that makes it sound like you're calling from that person's address and say, hey, there's a hostage situation here, and I've already killed somebody. You guys need to come out here, or it's going to get worse. And then they typically will send either a shitload of heavy-duty cops or a SWAT team out to your fucking house and try and extract you. All of this is over a fucking Call of Duty game. So what happened? What was what happened on this particular situation? In this situation, Tyler Barris, suspected of phoning in a false 911 call that led to a fatal shooting to a father of two... Whoa. He lost a bet online. It was like a $2 Call of Duty bet mm-hmm. to somebody else. And he got so mad about losing this bet that he called into the operator and claimed that he had shot his father and he was now holding the rest of his family hostage. He gave the, uh, ha- the address of somebody in Wichita, which he thought was the guy he was playing against online. He thought this was the guy who had just beaten him with Call of Duty for $2 and he was trying to get that guy in trouble. Problem was he had the wrong fucking address and the guy was like, not the right dude. So he knocks wah, on this wah, dude's wah. house. He knocks on this dude's door. 
cops open up. He's like, they're like, they got like guns pointed at him. Like, like it's one of those, guns. yeah, These it's one of the fucking, team. it's one of like beating on the door and shit. Like, you know, fucking Mariana police, get it's, out of the crowd. four stars if you played Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> exactly. It's not five one stars. One more, one more and the army's coming, motherfucker. One more and they're sending, well, isn't four stars with the helicopter? They send out the police the helicopters. helicopters come out pretty early before SWAT. SWAT's after the helicopter. Okay. So they've got guns drawn. Dude comes to the door. And the cops say, you know, are you such and such? Apparently, he says no. According to the cops, he reaches for his waistband. One cop shoots one bullet in his head, and he dies soon after. Bam. So now this guy's probably getting charged with murder, huh? This guy so far is getting charged with um, uh, making a false com- making a false complaint. And I don't know if they've charged him with murder yet. There's there's possibility that you know he's. He, it's going to go that way, but right now he needs to be. I mean, and the cop who shot the guy needs to be held accountable too. Well, he's on he's on administrative leave and all that shit, but it's so it, he's getting a paid vacation. Basically, it goes back to the fucking stop being bitches. Stop, if you're Look, out I'm there, I'm not right anti cop, but I mean, lately, like I saw a video recently of a guy who was drunk at his hotel, and somebody had called and said they had a gun. Turns out he had a pellet gun that he used in his exterminating business. And uh, so it's him and this girl and the SWAT team shows up. This is Arizona, I believe Mesa, Arizona. (laughs) And uh, they basically have this guy and the woman that come out and they're like barking all these crazy commands. It sounds like Simon fucking says it's like cross your left foot over your right foot. And they're the guy's drunk, drunk. Okay. So, like they're at this point, they're screaming at him. Tell they they've said we will shoot you like several times. Like they're very the police were very aggressive in this situation, and uh, and then at one point the girl they have her crawl up and they secure her, and as he's crawling up, like he's wearing like basketball jersey shorts, and they keep sliding down. You know how they fall off your ass, right? So at one point while he's crawling, he reaches back to pull his pants up. And they shoot him like 16 times with ARs, AR-15s. And the uh, cop just got uh, off of a murder charge. They found him not guilty. See, they found like there's stuff that they weren't allowed. The the jury wasn't allowed to see like on his rifle. He had engraved, you're fucked. And like they were not just de-escalating the situation at all. Um, I watched a video where other cops reviewed the situation and they were like, we don't understand why as soon as they were on the ground, someone didn't go secure them instead of having them do calisthenics, basically, <laughs> it, <laughs> under it, threat of gunfire. You and I talked about this earlier, and we've talked about this a couple times. Like, when we were kids, we always looked at, you know, law enforcement and police and all that stuff as, like, the helpful guys who were there to help and stuff. And there were there were shows about cops and dirty cops and things like that. But for the most part, you looked at cops as something you respected. I don't know if things have always been where know. we're at now. I don't know what's going on, but I saw a a graphic. I wouldn't call it a meme because it wasn't very funny on Facebook yesterday that said, if somebody you know is suicidal, do not call the cops. Go help them. Get somebody else to go help them. But the last thing you should do in, today, in today's world is call the cops. I, I can agree, and I think it's it's really fucked up that things have changed to this point where we've gotten – to a point now where people are avoiding calling cops when stuff like this happens. Again, want to reiterate, not every fucking cop is out there ready to shoot somebody in the face. I don't think this has anything to do with individual cops at all. Myself, this may sound a little bit like a bit of a conspiracy theory to some people, but I don't care. I think a lot of this has to do with the private 
uh, prison system, the, the for-profit prison system that was introduced in the 80s. I think in support of that, a lot of people who were involved with that and government started pushing for a heavier militarization of police forces to create a system that was profitable for their for-profit prisons they were invested in. Most like, of, almost like, all those for-profit prisons are owned by big, uh, what are they called? Hedge funds. By basically investors who buy up a bunch of stuff to make money for their, their investees. It sounds like you're going very deep state, very info wars. It's um, not deep state. It's all public. This is none of this is. No, I, I get that. It's all public I, information. The I, fact I, that we privatize prisons is, should be troubling to people. There's a lot of things in today's world that should be troubling to people that are happening on a regular basis. Cutting a national forest or a national monument, you know, in half or less than half, you know, just because you want people to be able to go drill on it, that, that should be troubling to people. There's a, there's plenty of shit like that that happens. But going back to our story about swatting, I see this as like the, the bitch mentality that some people have been given. Whether you're guy, girl, doesn't matter. If you got a bitch mentality, well, the first thing you're going to do is try to look for somebody else to blame. That goes back to the militarization thing with you're saying it's bitch behavior. It's not so much as whatever behavior they have. It's drilled in their head that it's us versus them. This guy had already been arrested previously for making a fake bomb threat. Are you talking about the the swatter? Yeah, the guy who had uh, who called oh, the cops him. originally. I'm, I'm just talking about the nature of how police react to things now. No, I know, and I I definitely think. Well, if you're trying to make a prison, here's the counter to your argument. If you're trying to make a prison system really profitable, the last thing you want is them killing the fucking profits right there on the doorstep. They'll take you a would, couple killings to have a militarized police force because they're going to put more people in jail. You're going to get a lot more charges for resisting arrest. You're going to have a whole lot more. They're being taught the people are the enemy. They're going to be more apt to arrest them. Yes, some people will get killed, and that's collateral damage to these people. I really wish we owned the rights to um, to play like Raging Against the Machine in the background because I'd have it like softly playing <laughs> as you're explaining all this stuff. I mean, I wish I had enough money to get in the game. I'd buy a prison too. Fuck it. But, <laughs> but I don't. So, I mean... But that's how legit I think it is. is it how, legit enough to where I'd put money in it if I could. Would you try to make your prison fun, or would you try to make it like well, hardcore? Fuck them motherfuckers! I'd make it. They'd be living fucking bare minimum because it'd be Dude, for profit. You, that's the problem. You, you, you can't be fucking Ron Swanson though. Then nobody's want to going to want to come there. Okay. That, you, see, that's the whole point. You just nailed it, Shane. That's why you have a militant police force. Nobody wants to go to any prison. Well, that's they what I'm saying. If pick. you make if you make your prison fun. People may want to get transferred. Dude, there. There's no like price line for prisons. You kind of just go where they send you. You don't really get a. There's no review process. How do you know there's actually, not a review? Actually, process? I have seen reviews for prison, and I think they're hilarious. Like the prison is the prison happy if they get all one stars. <laughs> like good, we're, we're really keeping them. We're alive. doing our job if they're all pissed we off. Don't want about any five anything. star reviews? That means we're being soft. Okay, let me just say, my dad has the ability to request transfers to other prisons. Yeah, you can request them all day. And you would get a lot of transfer. Like if, let's say you had ping pong. Okay. How many times has it been transferred? Four. Easy. How many is requested? You should ask this information because I bet the percentage is a lot higher. Probably about two. <laughs> <laughs> you probably get, well, I know one time he got like a, a situation that happened and he got, um, he got transferred because he got in a fight or some <laughs> shit like that. And they were like, you, you guys have to move away from each other. But I think if you had a fun prison, like if there was a Ferris wheel. <laughs> no Ferris wheel in the prison. No. What if you had. That's uh, an expenditure that comes out of my profit. 
That's the pro- and here the, now that you mentioned that, that is the problem with a private prison system. There is a there is a financial incentive to deny people service. Hold on. What if you had a, a Ferris wheel at your prison? Let's 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 roll with this for just a second. And you can charge the families because let me tell you, I have visited a fucking prisoner at a prison in Georgia. Why would getting you, in there? Why would you build a Ferris wheel where you could charge the family five dollars for a pack of ramen noodles? Why are you making this complicated? Because you can still they charge already, them five dollars for a pack of ramen noodles. They're raping the prisoners and their family on the commissary. They then why wouldn't a- you have an additional way to rape the family? In the parking lot All where right. people could have fun and go in in a good mood, even the, though they're going to have to wait for this, two and a half is, hours. This is why they're not going to let you invest in the prison system, Shane. <laughs> you're going to bring up Ferris wheels while they're over here <laughs> trying to rob Liberty and you're going to get shot. They're going to take you out back and be like, he got robbed. <laughs> All I'm saying is if I had a cotton candy machine and I could charge $5 for that cotton candy, you'd get shanked. And somebody would take your cotton candy machine. I'm saying in the parking lot before they even get into the prison. Like they, they don't even have to pass through the barbed wire yet. They don't get to go through a gift shop before they go in. <laughs> How do you know? But maybe they go I've through the gift shop. I've been to the prison to visit and I've seen them bring guys in. They're on chains. They're not like walking around browsing. It's being ridiculous. What if the family could browse through a gift shop though with like prison memorabilia? To commemorate the time that they came to I'm see. I'm about to give you a one-star review. <laughs> Five-star reviews ruined because you're ridiculous. Dude, I'm just saying, if you could go through and get like, what if you could bring your your prisoner to the gift shop and get a picture with them on the way out and they could charge $5 for that picture? Now you charge $5 for a Ferris wheel. You charge $5 for a pack of ramen noodles. $5 for a hamburger, $5 for a Coke, and you got $5 for the picture. You put that shit together and you do that like, you know, two, yeah, you put all that together and you know what you have? What's that? The stupidest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you went to a fucking prison and they had all these services, your family would probably be a Tax, little bit more active. Taxpayers would probably lose their fucking mind if they had all this shit in prison. Dude, don't worry about that. We'll take care yeah. of the taxpayers. The guy okay? that raped your sister now has to ride the Ferris wheel. <laughs> but he doesn't get to ride the Ferris wheel. That's in the sure. parking lot for the family. Okay? That's oh, so a family his, Ferris so wheel. So his family gets to ride the yeah, Ferris wheel. Yeah, they get wheel. to ride the Ferris wheel. So the, the, the taxpayer's sister got raped. The criminal sister gets to ride a Ferris wheel. Your system sounds good. Look, dude, I'm just saying. What I've kind been of fucking to, banana republic are you running over there? <laughs> I've been to enough prisons in my life to know that I would want to go back. You've been to one. If there, no, I have not. I've been to like seven, okay, or five. Actually, I think my dad's been at five different prisons. Uh, between jail and prison, I should say. Jails don't count. No, dude, the one for Cobb County kind of counts. You have to go through like a prison. Jails are totally worse than prison, but they don't count on what we're talking about. There's no private jails. There's private prisons. Well, if maybe I can invest in private jails and you put some Ferris wheels, wheels there, into dude. private jails. You should do that, actually. That should keep you busy for a what while. If, what if there was a log ride at the private jail? People would get their, their visitations a lot more often. You'd have happier prisoners. I, seriously, folks, I give up like three or four hours on a Saturday for this bullshit. <laughs> this, is, this is what I get. I swear to God. Private jails, Ferris wheels. If you didn't bring me ginger ale, you'd be useless. Cotton candy. That's all I'm saying. The new American prison system, ladies and gentlemen. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? 
That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIO Pod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. This is about over, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming to Now That I'm Older. Never let somebody tell you you can't do something. Not even me. All right? All right. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period.